most of the time, whatever parents say from the behind the chain link fence is not going to be beneficial at all. Welcome into another episode of Baseball Americas from Phenom to the Farm. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Today is our second episode in our series about sports parenting. On today's episode, former big league outfielder Lane Adams returns to the show. Lane joined me a couple years back to walk through his career, where as an amateur, he was known as much as a basketball player as he was a baseball player, but was able to parlay his talents into big league time with the Royals and the Braves. Since retiring, Lane has dove into the world of private hitting instruction. You can follow him on social media at OKSwings on Facebook and Instagram, working with his players. We talk about a lot of the same things we did with Chucky Fick in the last episode. Parenting best practices, red flags to watch out for, but here we also talk about the best way parents can be supportive and helpful if their child is doing private instruction. Both this episode and the one that will follow will be with private instructors, Lane today and Aiden McIntyre in the next episode. I think, and what I hope with this running series, is that a lot of what we're going to be getting are kind of a lot of the same things, kind of reinforcing that guys who have played baseball at the high level or guys who have coached at a high level are looking to see a lot of the same things from their players and therefore from their parents. Episodes from Phenom to the Farm drop every other Tuesday. If you enjoy this one, subscribe wherever you get your podcast and go check out past interviews. If you haven't yet, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to subscribe to BaseballAmerica.com and the BA Podcast feed for all amateur baseball and prospect news. we got organization top tens being released, college baseball fall reports. It is always a good time to be subscribed to Baseball America. And with that, let's talk to Lane Adams. All right, returning to from Phenom to the farm, he was a 13th round pick of the Royals in the 2009 draft. Former big league outfielder Lane Adams. Lane, thank you so much for returning to from Phenom to the farm to talk some sports parenting. Hey, Kyle, thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to it. Of course. So last time we talked, when we ran through your career, you had you had literally like just retired, just wrapped up your final season. Tell me about what you've been doing then, because obviously I follow you on social media and it seems like you have transitioned fully into the the world of youth coaching and, and specifically giving hitting lessons. Yeah. Um, so during, after the 2020 year, I, after the COVID year, I thought I was done. I would planned on being done. I didn't officially retire, but I was looking to kind of figure out what I wanted to get into next. Uh, so I started doing a little bit of hitting on the side and um, eventually that kind of blew up or really rather quickly and i kind of just got a lot of momentum and kept that going and uh haven't really looked back since so i'm kind of full gear into the uh private hitting world now and before we we dive into what we're talking about today tell the folks where they could follow you because you post a lot of good stuff with drills and it, especially if you're a parent and if you're a parent listening to this a lot of good stuff that you, that you can you know pick off yeah it's so all my socials are at okay swings i have uh instagram Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. I don't dabble on Twitter and uh, TikTok too much, uh, but Instagram and Facebook is primarily where uh, I put all my content at. But yeah, you can find me anywhere over there. So you work with a lot of youth athletes. You work with baseball players. I've seen you work with softball players. We're going to talk about some specifics, kind of as we have in in this series, talking sports parenting, some of the same things that we talked about with um, with some of our other guests. But is there? do you have like a two to three sentence summary or just kind of in your mind, what, what makes a good, a good sports parent? Um, I would say encouragement. I say encouragement is definitely the, not be the biggest thing. Um, yeah, we'll kind of start there. That, that would be, be encouraging, uh, and just understanding and patience. Patience would be another one. Uh, <laughs> encouraging your kids to go out, play hard, try their best. 
and just have patience in their failure, especially baseball and softball where the game is just so wired on failure. Um, you see a lot of parents become uh, impatient when it's, you know, after a weekend or a game performance and the game's hard. It's hard and it only gets harder as you go up, especially the younger ages. You want to make sure they're having fun. You want to make sure they're enjoying themselves. You want to, you want to make sure they're looking forward to playing. And uh, if you can be encouraging and patient and just making sure they're having fun, uh, I think I really think you'll see a lot of benefit from, it, especially from your your young kids till about eleven or twelve. And after that, you can start to get a little bit more serious, but. Most part, make sure they're having fun. Make sure they they are looking forward to playing. That would be my biggest thing for parents. That from my experience, and I don't have any. I only have a two year old. I'm sure I'll be you know, I'll be biting my tongue on some things later down. You'll the road, be there but soon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I will say, as I have, I have a ten year old that I, I've referenced on the show, um, who is just getting into that you know little league, just started hitting lessons, things like that. Patience is is a good one because that is something that I struggle with you know, the, the millionth time he's told to stay back on the ball or what, you know, whatever. So I, I want to start with, with that, with the failure aspect, with helping your child deal with failure, because like you said, these baseball and softball are built on failure. You, you're going to do it a lot. Um, and, and it's, especially when you first start playing, you're going to do it even more, even more than usual as you're a beginner. What are, tips, things you've seen that are, or even things that said to you over, over your career. Cause you're a guy who I remember specifically in the episode that we did on your career, you said you would go to a level, struggle at first and then figure it out. That kind of became the mantra of your career of slowly having to figure it out. So kind of like, what is the book on your kid is struggling? Your kid is, is having, you know, some frustrations, whether it's at the plate on the mound, whatever, what can a what can a parent do that's not hey you need to do better? Um, I think one thing parents can understand is that the game's played in three tiers. There, a third of the time you're really good, like unstoppable, locked in, you're balling. Second time, pretty average, all right? One for four, one for three. Eh. The other time, you're terrible. All right, so the game's always played in those three tiers, and. At any level, whether it's little league, junior high, high school, college, minor league, professionally, like you're you're going to be somewhere in those three tiers. The biggest thing is uh, you want to be the same competitor in those three tiers. So it's easy to be confident and um, and really uh, relaxed and really competitive when you're going really well. But we got to be in the same competitive, got to have the same competitive spirit and mindset uh, when we're in that or in that low tier. Um, so I think for parents, it's just making sure not so much get out of the result uh, of the game and get more focused on, especially the younger kids, uh, just are they competing? Have them just get used to competing and just have the diligence to get up and try again. Like, don't stop trying. Uh, every out gets you to your get you to your, uh, your, your next hit. will get you close to your next hit. Um, you're going to make outs. And the older you get, the more outs you make. Um, I, I hit, I think I hit like my first coach pitch summer. I think I hit like nine, 10. I never hit, I never sniffed those numbers the rest of my career. Not in junior high, not in high school, not in minor league baseball. Like it's just, that was, we're going off stats alone. That was as high as I get was about seven you coach pitch for me. Um, so just got to understand that this game is hard. You want to be encouraging. You want, you want them to have fun, even in the 
the peaks and valleys. You want everything to be have fun. You want them, you want them to look forward to playing. So as a parent, um, just you know, try to encourage them. Uh, tell them just kind of understand that the game is hard. Uh, it's 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 pretty. It's easy to kind of lose sight of that um, as a parent. And as the further you get away from playing, it's a lot easier to kind of lose sight of you know the, how hard this game is. But I think the biggest thing parents can do is just be encouraging, uh, you know, head up and just kind of just tell them to keep competing because it's hard. And that's it's not only in baseball, but in life in general. There's going to be some really hard trial times throughout the course of your life. You want to have the diligence and the competitiveness to just keep trucking. You know, uh, sometimes you're going to be walking up mountains and sometimes you'll be skipping down hills. So it's just kind of a you know, roll with the good, uh, roll with the good and deal with the bad type thing and just keep moving along. You mentioned the peaks and valleys. Let's talk about the peaks. Uh, I think, and something I'm sure both of us have seen from playing and you now from coaching and things like that, they're the parents that are crazy hard on their kids. And then they're the parents who, if their kid is playing well, like they're the, the rose colored glasses that they think that the, the, their kid is the best kid and doing great. How, what, what is the best way to go about handling success? If your kid is, you know, 10 for their last 10 or is, you know, a lot of the times, especially, you know, kids hit puberty at a different time. A lot of the time a kid is just having a lot of success as being, a, being a little more gifted than the kids around him. What is the best way to foster success without creating false confidence? Maybe. Well, that's a great question. Um, I would probably say having the humbleness and just trying to be the same guy. Like remember the embrace the good, and embrace the bad. Like you want to be the same guy at all times. Obviously, you want to feel you want to feel real good, real good vibey when you're rolling. You want to keep those good vibes rolling. But at the same time, uh, the tide can turn at any at any given moment. So you want to be as even kill as as you can. You this is the cliche is you don't want to be too high, you don't want to be too low. Uh, a lot of truth in that. Um, you want to have the discipline to treat to kind of forget about the past. Um, not so much like carry the good, but also like we carry, if we get too confident, maybe we start getting a little, we start to lose discipline and why we were so good before. So the biggest thing, which is really hard for younger kids to really get is the discipline it takes to be good. When you are locked in, like you have the discipline to keep doing the little things that keep you locked in. And when we lose discipline, when we're going well, that's when we start to find ourselves headed towards a valley. Um, so I think discipline and um, just really uh, not getting too, ahead of ourselves, not getting too caught up with I've made it because in the reality of this thing, no matter how far you go, you never really make it. As soon as you think you made it, that's when you start to uh, regress. And this game is all about just what can I do to keep progressing myself and keep getting better. So that's kind of uh, – that's the nature of it. That's how I think the best players in the world have handled it. It's it's always like what can I do better? How do I kind of elevate? How can I go from really good – to a little bit better or how do I go from really good to great so it's always looking for ways to just kind of take that next step forward and as soon as you stop as soon as you lose sight of that next step that's when you start kind of going back downhill so how I've been breaking this down a little bit in in talking is like being a sports parent you have kind of three different phases of how you need to how you need to where you need to do certain things to help your child one would be the job in between 
practice or a game because at practice there if you're not coaching there they're working with their coach or they're working with you know the hitting lesson whatever game is when it's you know time to shine whatever those those few days in between that when they're at home when they're when they're on their own what are what are positive parental behaviors because i think you can go i think i think you can go on either side of this of being too over aggressive with what they need to be doing or too completely lax and, and not holding them accountable. And I also think that this is something that's important for parents who both played whatever particular sport or have no baseball or softball or basketball or whatever, whatever kind of experience it is. I think they can all, you know, you don't need the experience to be positive, but what are, what are some of those positive behaviors that they can do after a, after a hitting lesson or after a practice? I think the biggest, it depends on the age group. Uh, I think the younger the kid is, uh, the less kind of more just kind of encouragement uh, and kind of just get them stop. Maybe stop being so like direct with the player. Like you need to do this, this, this. You start asking more questions. OK, what did you learn today? Like, what are you going to how are you going to apply this? OK, where are some things you're going to work on between this hitting lessons, the next one? Or what are some things you got to good at? Or after a game, it's OK. Maybe you made a mistake. Why did you make the mistake? If you could do it again, how do you? What would you do differently? And I think I think if you get kind of like instead of like being like direct, like on the kid, like you got to do X, Y, Z, you should have done this and that. I think you get the kid, you can get a little more feedback, get a little more buy-in from the kid. And I think asking those questions, uh, one, it kind of makes him think on it a little bit, makes him solve his own puzzle. And I think he'll, it'll give him a little bit more accountability and it'll give him a kind of a playbook to how he wants to address the next situation that happens. So um, everything's going to be a learning opportunity, both parents and, uh, and player. But you could just, instead of being like a, you, know, you messed up thing, just learn from it. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And I think if you can kind of have that conversation on how, how they can learn from it. And I think it's just asking questions, getting them involved, get them talking. So they feel a little bit more in control of what they're at, how they're doing it. Cause at the end of the day, um, the, the, the kid, the player is eventually going to be in the driver's seat of his career or you know, if he has a career, that's, that's kind of what it's that. And that's how you want to do it. You want, you want the player kid to be able to hold himself accountable and have a plan of action for, to how he's going to address certain situations. Yeah, I really like the asking questions aspect. Um, so I, I want to kick something that pertains directly to you as someone who offers private instruction, which is a big part of youth athletics now. Of you know, you do I did pitching lessons, you do pitching lessons, hitting lessons, whatever. Um, and this is something that's fresh for me because I think I told you my kid had his first hitting lesson. The parents' role during those lessons, what should it? And that's parents with background, without background. What should they be doing? What's overreach? What's under participation? Kind of what's what's the playbook on what should a parent be doing while their child is is getting a lesson? Now it depends on the age. Again, everything kind of varies on the ages. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is kind of again asking questions. Make because a lot of these kids they come in, they they can lock in for an hour, thirty minutes, however long it is, and then as soon as they leave, it's everything that just is just out the window. So I think kind of like bringing up the conversations throughout the week, uh, whatever it is they might be working on. They've been working on something for a couple of sessions, weeks or whatever. It's kind of like, all right, what did you learn today? How are you going to apply it on your own? That's the biggest thing. With my hitters, I, I now I don't see – I don't work with a lot of younger kids. I'll have everyone like uh, 14 and up. Um, so the kids are a little bit more disciplined in that aspect. But 
biggest thing is like you can do it's it's you can come in here once a week twice a week but it's not going to do you any good if you're not applying it to yourself so i think the biggest thing for parents is uh is just understand like the application process outside of the private work is there now also understand that from my experience the work is probably never going to be as good as you see with the instructor all right that's just part of it that's just i mean you know, kids, I see it all the time. Kids will come in and hit in here and they'll go home. I, I, I'm not hitting like I used to. Well, yeah, you're probably not going to. There's going to be a little bit of regression. But as long as we can elevate the floor a little bit and just have them working on whatever aspect that was. Now, you don't want to overdo it and be like, you know, he said do this. He said do this and that and then make it so uh, get so caught up in the intricacies that it becomes not fun for the kid and it becomes real like – work especially the younger ones um the older kids they kind of sometimes might look at it like more businessy but younger kids you want to make sure they're still enjoying themselves and they're looking forward to putting in the work i think if you can just make it to where they want to work they enjoy the work you'll see a lot of just um, i think you'll see a lot of improvement and progression regardless of kind of what it is you know they're working on and then they'll wake up they want to do it again which is another step in the right direction mm-hmm so then, then we get to the game time, time for the kid to perform time for the thing that the parent should enjoy the most. But what I have found causes the most anxiety of you're just watching your kid at, at the dish and you're like your stomachs in your, in your throat. And, um, what are th- this one? I would say, what are positive parental behaviors you've, you've seen, or, you know, what is, what is the game plan for the game? And then perhaps what are what are some things that you would shy away from doing that that are common? Because I'm sure you've seen over the course of your career a lot of parents saying a lot of different things, doing a lot of different things during the game. Uh, one thing, most of the time, whatever parents say from the behind the chain link fence is not going to be beneficial at all. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. Um, one just. This is, this is um, golly, this is such a good, good question. <laughs> Encouragement. Uh, encourage, uh, celebrate the good, encourage the failures, and just kind of keep their head up. Hey, man, just keep going, keep battling. Understand how hard it is. Uh, but have fun watching, uh, watching, you know, watching your, your kid play. Um, I think the biggest thing is, the biggest thing, I watch, I go out and watch some of my hitters, and there's sometimes they, they, they're struggling. Um, and they, they just, they're in, they're in that bottom tier we talked about. And then it's very fulfilling for me, and I'm not even a parent, to see them kind of figure out themselves. And now that's, that is what this game is all about. So we can coach parents, coaches can like drill, drill, do this, X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, to be your absolute, reach your fullest potential in your ceiling as a player, you got to learn to navigate the ship by yourself. Okay. It's like, and, that's how that's how it needs to be so parents uh really just need to kind of like let the kid kind of figure it out at the game like there's nothing you can say during the game that's really going to like turn the whole tide around most likely unless you got some magic phrase i'm not aware of uh it's probably not going to happen um yelling at the kids for you know making out or not doing a job it's it's, it's a part of it like that's you see you see a guy in the, in the world series you know he got thrown out of home by three steps last night you know, that's, I don't think homeboy's mom was yelling at him, you know, <laughs> grabbing him by the ear, 
pulling to the side in the dugout. No, it's just, it ha- failures happen, mistakes happen all the time. The game's built around it. Um, so don't just kind of give them a little bit of a break. Uh, they're they're learning. Failures at the young age is how we learn. Um, it, obviously, the failures probably are more impactful when we learn. So they have to happen. You're not going to avoid them. Uh, just encourage them. And again, it goes back to after the game, maybe have a discussion about it. Uh, keep keep the child involved. Don't really go full drill sergeant on them. Um, and then when they do good, congratulate them, encourage them, and just support them. You know, support them in the good and bad the best you can. Uh, be a be a body for them to hug and celebrate. Be a shoulder for them to kind of you know feel bad about themselves on. Just kind of be there for them overall. And that I think that's the best way to handle it because you know these kids are so young. Um, the, the motions are so up and down with this game. Those kids are beating themselves up too. I mean, they, they're kids. They want to do well. So I think any undue pressure from the parent, you know, kind of gets them that, that, that kind of anxiety where it's, just, it's hard to play this game anxiety. So I would kind of just encourage it, encourage, be there, support, celebrate to the good and the bad and just, you know, be there for them the best you can. And what would you say about the importance of winning in the youth level? How how important would you say that is to player development? Because that's something I think some people get get carried away with, especially some some little league coaches. But there's also, on the other hand, like I find myself when I've coached the little league teams being maybe even a little less competitive than I possibly should be, just thinking like, hey, this is just little league; it doesn't matter. It's about development. But at the same time winning is fun when winning, winning helps. So how, how would you, how would you approach that? Especially I would say pre varsity. Um, winning is obviously important. That's why you play the game to win. Now you don't want to be win at all costs. You don't want to pre varsity. You don't want to be, you know, trying to, you know, get on the play, get hit by pitch to win, but you want to play winning baseball. I think there's a difference between trying to win every game. Of course, that's what you're playing for. And then there's trying to play winning baseball. Winning baseball is, uh, can we be in the right place at the right time? Can we throw the ball to the, to the right spot? Can we uh, can we take good swings 2 3 one Can we move runners? Can we get bunts down when it calls for? Can we get – can we be aggressive on the bases? Can we take the extra bat? I think, I think playing winning baseball – is probably more important than the win itself at the young ages. Um, and I think if you could do that and you can encourage like, Hey, I don't care if we win, but we got to play winning baseball. Okay. We got to, as the guy on deck on a base hit runner on second, is he coming in to kind of tell the, tell the, the runner, which way to slide or up or down. That's a winning, that's a winning atmosphere. I think you start creating winning atmospheres or winning habits, the wins start to come. Uh, but it's kind of selling out to just win at all costs. Now, now I think, I don't think that's, as important as kind of learning how to play winning baseball. If that makes sense. I'm going to steal that winning baseball thing. That's like, <laughs> that's like the, that's perfect. That's exactly man. That that's perfect. Um, okay. The let's go into what I, what I've found can sometimes be the hardest part of being a sports parent. And that is the car ride home from a game, from a lesson, that instant, you've got that instant feedback of, hey, the things you were working on, how did it go in the game? Maybe you struck out four times. Maybe you made a huge error. Maybe you hit a bomb, something like that. How would you go about, you know, you guys get in the car, you've got that 10 to 15 minutes home. What is, you know, the the best way to, to go about sparking that conversation if there's a conversation to be had? 
it really depends on the individual. Each kid's different, wired emotionally, things like that. Some kids might not care if they had a bad game. They might not care if they had a great game. Some kids might overly care if they had a good game, overly care if they had a bad game. Some kids might be in the middle. Uh, it really depends on your kid or on the kid. Um, I think the biggest thing is to bring the player in for, for a conversation. Don't like instead of being direct and kind of affirmative, hey, this happened. What why what why did you do this? Or what happened here? You know, in a very in a very convert non non And it's just a very constructive way. Like not, not like being real critical, but just kind of like, all right, this is what happened. Why why'd you do that? Okay, okay. All right, well, next time, what would you think you might want to do this? Or from a lesson, it's like, okay, uh, what did you work on? What did you really what did you really enjoy doing in there? I I and they might tell you that I like doing this. All right, well, then make sure you have that as a parent. So when you work on yourselves with your kid, you can do that. Um, just kind of just bringing the kid in for a conversation and kind of like letting him share his side. Okay. So, you know, like I think that would be the, the biggest way to do it. Um, and again, it goes back to being encouraging. Uh, but yeah, I think um, just kind of just bring them in for a conversation and kind of letting them know that you're, you're trying to understand some things and help them out. You're not trying to be critical. You're not trying to, you know, tell them you got to do better, but it's like, all right, this is what you did. Maybe try this. Why'd you do that? Um, what could you do next time? And I start kind of putting the ball in their court a little bit. And I think you'll get a lot better responses. Most kids, uh, they shut down when the parents kind of just jump on them. It's, it's like, they just go into a hole and you cannot pull them out of it. And I, and I'm hopefully I'm not biting my words, in the, you know, 10 years from now, but uh, um, that's kind of my experience with it is I see a lot of, a lot of parents come in here and say, he won't listen to me and all this stuff. Well, it's probably not that he won't listen to. It's probably just, you know, how you're messaging it. Um, at the end of the day, like in the day, the game's fun, make them have fun and ask them, did you have fun? And they'll <laughs> pack game. They'll probably say no. It's like, okay. And then you kind of just, you know, go from there. Keep it, keep it lighthearted. Keep it, uh, keep it encouraging. It's ways are said and done. I know, I know parents get frustrated <laughs> too. I, I'm sure I will, but that's how, that's how I would recommend going about it. So you, you mentioned like jumping down, jumping on them or things like that. Let's get into, let's get into red flags. What are some, some red flags you've seen some behaviors to avoid? Uh, definitely just going like anything like outside of my like, action. Now you got a kid being a jackass, you know, maybe doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Maybe go get him a little bit, but as far as like anything that has to do with the play, you're just not going to do any good. So I would kind of just leave the, the constructive criticism out of it, especially during a game. Uh, I would think, you know, expecting perfection would, uh, is is definitely not going to do you any good. It's going to drive you. It's going to turn you gray headed before you want. Um, those are some big red flags. I think uh, not not being there for other teammates. Like just kind of get caught up in your own kids' performance. You know, uh, that's that's another big red flag. I think um, just kind of you. You need to really value – parents really need to value the the aspect of being a team, right? If another kid's doing really well and your kid might have stunk it up, encourage that kid or have your kid go encourage that kid. I think that 
plays a big role. Uh, you can always be a, a good teammate. Um, I think a lot, and some of the times when um, I think, you know, as a travel ball or little league team, like the players are on the team, but the parents are just involved in the team as well. So I think everyone needs to be a good teammate. You won't want to be, you won't want to be a bad teammate with the uniform, just like you don't want to be a bad teammate as a parent. Like everything is collectively into one big group. Um, so yeah, I think like you wouldn't criticize another kid like that or, you know, jump him like that. No really point in doing it to, uh, doing it to your own kid. Um, I think that's the best way kids, they can be really anxious and when their parents and you know their, their biggest supporters start jumping on them a little bit that they kind of get that and anxiety starts to set in on them some. So I would kind of be wary of that. So I, I didn't prep you for this, but I want to kind of leave with, if you have them, your one rule for being a sports parent or a couple rules are kind of the, the Lane Adams commandments for, for being a sports parent. Um, encouraging, encouraging, uh, have them learn to hold themselves accountable. The biggest thing that I kind of teach, I tell my hitters when they, when I first start working with them, like, I'm not going to, this is all you, like you have to figure this out. And again, we talked about it earlier, earlier, in order for you to reach your potential, you have to, uh, know, you have to know yourself as a player inside and out. The way I do it hitting is I'm going to help you. It's like a puzzle. I'm going to help you find the pieces, but you had to put it together. So I think kind of uh, encouraging kids to learn on their own. Then there's going to be some growing pains with that. Um, I think, you know, there might be something you could say as a parent that might get it to click for them and quickly, but it's probably more impactful to the player if you don't say anything sometimes. Sometimes it's not what we say, it's what we don't say and when we don't say it. Uh, perfect example. I had a kid in here last night. He was so close to really kind of getting it. And there was one thing I knew that he, if he just did this, he it would it would get for it would go for. We went another thirty minutes. I didn't say anything, and finally he he figured out. It clicked for him. He, he got it done, and it was just way more impactful than me kind of just word vomiting what he had to do. So again, it's you want these kids to learn to to build their own puzzle, solve their own problems, and. Outside of baseball, no matter how long they play, high school, college, professionally, that is that will be an everlasting tool for kids throughout the rest of their life. They can learn to problem solve and overcome obstacles on their own and really kind of to, um, piece together their own puzzle. I think that what you said about sometimes it's not what you say is so important because one of the things that I've learned and I've struggled with is you, you can't make them do anything. You can't, especially like you can't make them take a ball, take a ground ball off the chest and square it up like that. There has to be want to there. You can't, even if you pick out, you know, and because I played a little bit, I can see when my kid's doing some things, I like, I can see something like, I know that's not right, but you, you can't, you can't physically change anything they're doing and they're eventually going to have to learn those feels themselves. So, um, I think, I think all that's good. I think, the winning baseball thing. I'm absolutely, I'm going to march to little league <laughs> practice on Thursday and, and steal that. And, and that's a great way to identify good behaviors and kind of reward good behaviors with a structure of, Hey, I can attribute this to that. So, uh, Lane, that's all I've got for you. Tell the folks again, where they can, where they can follow you and, and check out your content. Oh, uh, you can find me over at OK swings on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
TikTok and I think that thread. I think I have the threads thing. Yeah, I got threads. So yeah, all kind of main socials you can find me over at OK Swing. Well, Lane, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for returning to the show. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I appreciate it. You got it. And that's it for today's episode of Phenom the Farm. Big thanks to Lane Adams for returning to the show. If you enjoyed this episode and want to catch our remaining episodes on sports parenting, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review if you're an Apple podcast, and make sure you subscribe to the Baseball America podcast feed for all amateur baseball and prospect news. And we'll catch you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. 